In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 149th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode, Lone Star State of Mind, as the Falcons prepare to head down to Houston to play the Houston Texans in an important early season game for them. During this episode, we're going to look at the first quarter of the season, how the Falcons got their 1-3 record, look ahead to the second quarter of the season, discuss the Atlanta and Houston series, and go over the tail of the tape for this one. And then a few other items on the Houston Texans, who are 2-2 two and two in the AFC South. The Falcons are already 0-2 against the AFC South, having lost to the Colts and to the Tennessee Titans. They have the Jaguars left later on their schedule. But let's review the first half of the season. Uh, the Falcons, 1-3, trailed Three of their games, 65 points to 10 at halftime. So they came to play. They weren't ready to play. Uh, You know, a couple things I think contributed to uh, this slow start. As you're going to a new defense with a lot of new defensive principles and you don't play it in the preseason because you're trying to hide everything. So, uh, you know, that's been choppy, a work in progress, along with the mixed tackles on that side of the ball. That's been a, a work in progress. And then offensively, you know, they've got a lot of empty yards to nowhere. Uh, second in the league in passing, 27th in rushing, uh, getting yards but no scores as drives have repeatedly bogged down. It's been a, um, a a variety of reasons from turnovers to penalties, just self-inflicted things, sacks, untimely sacks. It's been the whole thing. And, um, you know, also one of the factors has been the fact that they haven't been able to stop the run. Delvin Cook, 111 yards on him. Uh, Marlon Mack, 74, but he had the big run late when he bounced the run outside and rumbled for 26 yards. And then Derrick Henry got loose for 100 yards after Marcus Mariota loosened up the defense with a couple of touchdown passes. So uh, the Falcons have, are not doing anything particularly well. And they are uh, taking on some injuries along the offensive line. So that was a, a big offseason project. Spent $80 million in free agency signing guys and uh, free agency and the draft. When you combine all the new linemen, uh, you know, it was about $80 million. And their optimum line hadn't played but one game. So that's something to watch as they move forward. You know, having Julio and Ridley and Sanu and all these guys, uh, you know, don't really mean much if Matt doesn't have any time to throw. So 
a lot of reasons for the one and three record. Uh, some of them real troubling. The run thing doesn't usually get better. The offensive injuries uh, along the line means you're gonna have to throw a bunch of quick short passes, which they've uh, teams have been giving them the middle of the field. Uh, so you know it's gonna be hard to run the ball. It's gonna be hard to throw it. Uh, you know as you move forward. But the most troubling is, the, you know, the fact that they don't play together in the exhibition season and they get to the regular season. They oh, we're professionals. It's going to work. And uh, it hasn't worked. They had eight, um, you know, four games to try to make it work. And now they need it to absolutely work here in the second quarter of the season. So we'll move on to the second quarter of the season as the Falcons uh Head on down to Houston to play the Texans uh, at 1 p.m. on Sunday. And you got Houston, then they're going to straight to Arizona, not coming home. Then they will host the Rams and the Seahawks in Atlanta. So on the 20th, I think the 27th there. So that's the second quarter of the season. You know, they try to break it up into quarters. Going to Houston where they've dropped. You know, um, six straight AFC games, uh, including the Browns, and you know, and even if you go back the next year, that's uh, nine and one and ten and one since the Super Bowl against AFC teams. So then uh, you think they get a break at Arizona? They haven't won a game yet, so that might be tough. Then the Rams come here. And they just got beat by Tampa Bay, so they're doable. And Seattle, which is playing great, um, to round out the fourth quarter. Now, wins need to be stacked here. Um, you know, the folks are circling the wagons and so forth. A little bit upset with the start to this season and don't really see a remedy coming out looking at this uh, uh, schedule here. We knew the schedule was going to be tough. You had to believe that, um, you know, they were going to be able to take Tennessee and the Colts. Uh, you know, the Eagles was a steal. You probably didn't think they were going to win that. And Minnesota was going to be tough. So most people thought they it would be 2-2 two and two at this point. So they're only one game off. But, uh, you know, they haven't shown much reason or, or cause for optimism. So much so the fans were booing uh, on Sunday. But the second quarter stacks up pretty uh, pretty good. The key thing here in the second quarter is that they're going from Houston straight to Arizona, trying to build some camaraderie, some bonds between the team as the players will be away from their families for about 8 to 10 days. Now, this worked in 2016 when the team went from Denver to Seattle. They uh, posted a big win in Denver, then uh, had the Seattle win at the ref called the Holden takedown of Julio by Richard Shermer. Uh, they would have had that game too. So they had they came back from that trip with the confidence that, hey, this is a really good team, and they rolled it all the way to Super Bowl 51. So this team here hasn't shown any signs of rolling to anywhere, but uh, you know that they had that trip in '16, and maybe this trip will pull them together if there's any fractures or anything like that that they need to address. Now the series between the Texans, the home team has won every game. Uh, it's two and two. The last one was here in Atlanta. 
and the Falcons won that one. Uh, it was a blowout in 2015, October the 4th, 48-21. Uh, Nate, nasty Nate Stupar had a fumble return there late in that one. So it was, um, you know, a mismatch. The, the That team, those two teams have changed so much by since then that it doesn't really mean much. But the uh, series record is 2-2. Two and two. Uh, The Falcons have two losses down in Houston and have uh, two wins at, in Atlanta. Now, the one big thing here is this is the site of where the Falcons' uh, Super Bowl collapse took place at NRG Stadium. You know, that's where Super Bowl 51 was played. They had a nice tribute to um, HBCU stars at halftime, and it's 28-3. I don't have to relive all that, but that this is the stadium the first time going back there. Maybe they can shake the ghost of that and come out with a victory. Let's look at the tail of the tape here. Now it's after four games, so these regular season stats mean a little bit. And, uh, you know, we'll look at the Falcon stats and compare them to the Texans. The points per game or, or um, two points off, 17-5 for the Falcons, 19-5 for the Texans. That's 26 in the league for the Falcons. And uh, the um, screen just went out a little bit. We're going to get to that. And the uh, the, the Texans were um, 19.5, which was 22nd in the league. Falcons 17.5. You know, they're getting yards, but no points. A lot of yards. A lot of yards by the Falcons. And uh, not many points. 382.8 for uh, the Falcons total offense, 329.3 for the Texans. Uh, rushing 120, they've been running 120 a game, and the Falcons defense has been giving up 109 a game. So they should be able to run the ball. That's what that tells us. They are 11th running, and the Falcons are 18th. So that's not... Um, a 10-point differential in positions. We don't see that yet, but the numbers suggest the Texans are going to be able to run the ball with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Now, the net uh, rushing yards for the Falcons, 70.3, and the uh, Texans have held teams to 104.5, which is tied for 16. So they've been giving up some runs, too. Uh, that's, a, that's a big enough differential, though. That's a 9 to, to suggest that, hey, they can shut down the Falcons' run. So, I mean, it's going to be real simple this season. If the Falcons can't run the ball and they can't stop the run, it's going to be a long season. We don't even have to worry about the pass rush and third down conversions and, and uh, everything like that. But right now, it's they're trending uh, that they can't stop the run. And it's trending that they can't run the ball because they get behind is what they're saying. But still, when you, you know, they're still, they have opportunities. They haven't ran it. I'll buy the not getting behind stuff for now. But, you know, if this pans out that they can't run the ball and they can't stop the run, it's going to be a long season. So that's just file that in the back uh, of your wallet.
the passing stats mean nothing because, I mean, they're throwing for 312 yards, 12.5. And uh, let's see here what Houston is giving up. They're giving up 259. So they got some pretty good cornerbacks. Bradley Roby's over there. Uh, Jonathan Joseph's there. Um, you know, so they got some pretty good backs. They signed Mike Adams, a former Panther, today, too. So they're looking at a new safety, just like the Falcons, who traded Duke Riley for Jonathan Ciprian. But the big one here, and the one Coach Dan Quinn talks about, they're minus five in turnover differential, 28th in the league. Whereas the Texans are plus two, tied for eighth. So the Texans have been a little bit more optimistic opportunistic than the Falcons here early. So, you know, this is going to be a match of two teams that are about uh, running about the same uh, track. You know, the uh, Falcons haven't, you know, shown enough. If they could stop the run at Indianapolis, maybe they could have won that one. The Minnesota, they were never in. They got two touchdowns late, uh, you know, against um Tennessee, they they never could get anything going. Never could. That was a good Tennessee defense. So, uh, you know, glass half full. People say, hey, you know, if they stop the Colts and get a score, they're two and two. And the uh, you know glass half empty folks will say, well, man, they're one drop touchdown pass from being zero and four from uh, Nelson Aguilar for the Eagles. If he doesn't drop that bomb where he's wide open. Uh, you know, maybe the, the Falcons are 0 and 4. So, you know, you got either side of the argument. Good thing is, hey, there's a lot of football left to be played. Uh, the second quarter of the season is going to tell a lot for the Falcons. Uh, you know, they kind of figure, they kind of got to figure out a way to go 3 and 1 against this schedule. Um, Houston at Arizona, Rams, Seattle, try to get to 400. Five, I mean, get to 500, four and four, going into the second half of the season when you start seeing the division game stack up. You know, look around the division and, uh, you know, Carolina beat, you know, went in there and beat the Texans with a backup quarterback. Tampa Bay goes and beats the Rams. Uh, Saints, uh, beat Dallas with Teddy Bridgewater. So the division is, uh, moving right along. Falcons are only two games back of the Saints, but, uh, they're playing through their injuries and so forth. Everything isn't perfect in Carolina. Certainly not in Tampa and certainly not in New Orleans, but they're finding ways to cobble together these wins, uh, these early season wins where their guys, uh, Cam Newton, Drew Brees, maybe get back while they're out hurt. So the Falcons, uh, you know, are generally healthy. The line's down. I don't know if they, there's any help out there on the streets, but, um, you know, if, if Alex Mack left elbow can't go, which, you know, he's Mr. Bionic, he's going to try to play with one arm, uh, you know, if that's okay, that the line's okay, then they could take off. If not, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have to see uh, how things unfold. So with that, hope you're now in a lone star state of mind with the 149th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Thanks for subscribing on the various platforms, including iTunes. Take care and have a great rest of the week. The 
AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.